Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. John sent me a note about a great case out of California, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, involving a traffic stop. We've all heard about this before. A police officer pulls you over and goes, hey, your taillight's out. Your license plate light is out. Uh, there's something dangling from your mirror we thought it might obstruct your vision or some other pretext for pulling you over. And then after they pull somebody over, they somehow get into the car, search it, and find something that has nothing to do with the original stop. But they say, well, we had you at the side of the road legally because of that, uh, I don't know. Uh, did you know that your, uh, your, your tires uh, were shining too much? Uh, so <laughs> here's the case of U.S. versus Willie Williams. Willie Williams. And uh, this is an appeal brought after denial of a motion to suppress evidence found in a search of his car following a traffic stop. So uh, this is the Court of Appeals, Ninth Circuit talking. And I'm going to go through the opinion. I've got the opinion in my hand. It was reported in the news also. But I've got the opinion. It's not that long, 10 pages. Uh, and it talks about the general concepts that go into this. So we should start with a seizure violates the Fourth Amendment when an officer extends a traffic stop with tasks unrelated to the traffic mission, absent independent reasonable suspicion. So if they pull you over for a taillight being out, once they've notified you of that and perhaps ticketed you for an equipment issue, then that traffic stop should end. So they sit there by the side of the road and start fishing, i.e. throwing questions at you and just stalling until they can come up with a better reason to get in your car. Well, that would be extending the traffic stop unreasonably. So here the mission is limited to addressing the traffic violation that warranted the stop and attending to related safety concerns. So if, if a brake light was out, for instance, that could be a safety issue. The uh, license plate light, not so much, but... You know, it varies from stop to stop. Tasks not related to the traffic mission are therefore unlawful if they add time to the stop and are not otherwise supported by independent, reasonable suspicion of wrongdoing. So keep in mind that what we're talking about here is them extending the stop, and it says here that they're unlawful. Now, if a police officer extends your stop by one minute, it's not like you can sue them and say, hey, you took a minute out of my life I can never have back. But what we're getting at is if during that extra time they discover something, well, then they might have an issue trying to introduce that into evidence later against you. So here, the officer's inquiries about consent to search the man's car and the marijuana possession, which they later discovered, were unrelated to the mission of the traffic stop on June 30th. So here's what happened. The officers initiated the stop upon observing that a brake light on his car was not functioning. Government argues the mission of the stop was not only to address the traffic violation for non-functioning brake light, but also to investigate the possibility that the car was stolen. So somehow they go, hey, faulty brake light, that car might be stolen. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. There's attorneys who are making that argument with a straight face to a trial court judge. The trial court judge bought it. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals says, no, 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 no. <laughs> Taillight is out. That is not an indicator the vehicle is stolen. At least I can't think of a connection, and, and neither can they. The officer's consent, they have eventually got consent, and marijuana inquiries came after the objective evidence revealed 
that this man was the car's registered owner. Now, it's true that they ran his license plate and it came back with something unusual in the DMV database. This court says the database generally indicates if a license plate has been stolen or belongs to a different car. By the time of the inquiries, they start asking about searching his car. The officers had reviewed his registration card, which matched the car's license plate and listed him as the registered owner of the car. It also indicated a serial number for the registration sticker that corresponded with a sticker on the license plate. The registration card confirmed it was issued uh, on April 11th of that year. It was registered through August 18th of that year, which, of course, is bracketing both sides of the stop. The vehicle identification number was this, and the DMV had received a fee of $252 to register the car. There's no question that they knew the car was registered to this man. So this information was also consistent with a tow record that one of the officers found during his records check because under California law, if you get your car out of a towing yard uh, because it's been picked up by the police, you can only do that with a valid registration. So the court says they all knew this guy owned this car. When they got into court, they said, oh, we searched the car because we got permission from him and we were so suspicious because we thought the car was stolen. And that argument doesn't even make any sense. So despite this evidence, the officer's suspicion of a stolen car was not dispelled by the time of their consent and marijuana inquiries. Questions about consent to search a car marijuana possession are not sufficiently tailored to determining whether a car had been stolen. So, of course, saying even if, even if, doesn't make any sense. The record further confirms the officer's consent marijuana inquiries were not in connection to any investigation into whether the car was stolen, but instead an investigation into whether this man was trafficking drugs. At the evidentiary hearing, the officer was asked, consent has nothing to do with a bad registration, does it? And the request for consent had nothing to do with the record search, did it? And the officer said no. The officer was then asked, and the marijuana investigation had nothing to do with your records check. The officer again replied no. In addition... The officer testified that he called his sergeant to ask him about marijuana and to see if it was a proper way to conduct or in order to do a search. The officer confirmed that he did so because he wanted to search that drug dealer's car. So he pulled the guy over and said, you're being pulled over for a bad brake light. Can we search your car? And they ran his information. They determined the car was not stolen. And now the guy admits, well, I wanted to search the car because I thought he's a drug dealer. At least that's what he told his, his sergeant. Finally, the officer answered affirmatively when asked whether he would have liked to get inside that car because he suspected it was involved with drug dealing. So he apparently said yes to that, but again, he suspected it based on what? The broken taillight? Second, the officer's unrelated consent and marijuana inquiries added time to the stop. So as soon as the sergeant confirmed to the officer that car's VIN comes back to a release liability to this man... The officer immediately turned to pursuing the questions about consent and marijuana, abandoning any attempt to continue investigating the car's registration status. So first they said, we're investigating you because the car is stolen. Well, the car is clearly not stolen. Okay, now we're investigating you because you're a drug dealer. Okay, why is he a drug dealer? Broken taillight? The officer then walked away telling another officer he's going to go tactical real quick. That's a quote. Going to go tactical real quick. Officer proceeded to call a sergeant about whether the marijuana would permit a search of the car. And now here's the interesting thing. 
All told, these inquiries added nearly, nearly three minutes to the stop. Three minutes. Now, the government and a judge who disagrees with us contend that no time was added because the inquiries occurred while the officer was waiting for additional information from his sergeant. The argument fails for two independently sufficient reasons. For one, the government and the dissent are wrong as a factual matter. Officer's body camera videos show that the sergeant called the officer only once. During that call, the sergeant reported the findings that the vehicle was registered correctly, etc., etc. And the sergeant conveyed that he had confirmed that the car's VIN comes back to a release liability to this man. Not once did the sergeant indicate that he would continue to investigate or convey any additional information to the officer. So the officer called for information and got it. He's not waiting for any more information. But even assuming that that was the case, the government and the dissent would still be wrong because the officers called the sergeant about marijuana, diverted the sergeant away from an investigation into the car's registration. The reasonableness of a seizure depends on what the police in fact do. So if an officer can complete traffic-based inquiries expeditiously, then that is the amount of time reasonably required to complete the stop's mission. As such, the critical question is not whether the unrelated inquiry occurs before or after the completion of the stop's mission, but whether conducting the inquiry prolongs, that is, adds time to, the stop. So they're saying that if you add time to the stop, then that's a problem. And it doesn't matter if you add it in the middle or at the end. Therefore, whether the stop's mission was ongoing, although apparently critical to the dissent, is immaterial because what mattered was the added time, not at what point in the chronology of the stop that time was added. So there's a whole bunch of citations in here and so on. This is a great case, by the way. Questions whether the stop would have ended sooner had the officer continued to work diligently on the traffic-related tasks rather than pursue an unrelated investigation. Accordingly, any time the sergeant spent addressing the officer's unrelated marijuana investigation was time the mission's task went unaddressed, which necessarily prolonged the stop. Contrary to the sense's suggestion, other cases made clear that even de minimis delays caused by unrelated on-scene investigation into other crimes cannot be tolerated by the Fourth Amendment absent reasonable suspicion. Recognizing that courts have found stops unconstitutional and prolonged by under 30 seconds before officers developed independent suspicion. So what they're talking about, a police officer pulls you over. And later in court, they go, here's why I pulled that person over. And they tell the entire story of the stop. Well, when they explain why they pulled the person over, that explains the purpose of the stop. Now, they can change that if they discover things through a routine traffic stop. So let's suppose a police officer sees a car going down the road and the license plate light is out. The license plate light is out. They pull the person over, walk up to the car, and they go, hey, wanted to let you know your license plate is out. Police officer can see right through the window that there's someone laying in the back seat who's bound and gagged and clearly being kidnapped. Now, the police don't have to go, gee, I didn't pull you over for kidnapping, so i got to let you go. I mean... <laughs> They have eyes they can see, okay? But if they pull you over because you got the taillight out and they're bored and they think you look like a drug dealer, they can't just start quizzing you about that and, and change the purpose of the stop and extend the stop 
to figure out what to do next. That's the problem. So this court points out that there is a dissent, and its argument, the dissent's argument, uh, was explicitly rejected by other cases. This opinion uh, says, in the other case, we acknowledge that our prior precedent, which permitted slight prolongations to ask unrelated questions, cannot survive after other recent cases in the U.S. Supreme Court. Because those require independent, reasonable suspicion if those actions add any time to a traffic stop. Any time. We therefore conclude that recent case law from the U.S. Supreme Court abrogated the Ninth Circuit decision holding that an officer did not unlawfully prolong a stop when he took a break from writing a traffic citation to ask the driver about a meth lab and get the driver's consent to search his truck. Even if the circumstances surrounding the brief pause were reasonable, the prolonging of it was unlawful in the absence of reasonable suspicion. Uh, Supreme Court cases squarely rejected such a reasonableness standard for determining whether prolonging a traffic stop for reasons not justified by the initial purpose of the stop is lawful. And the reasonable suspicion is something that I see from time to time in videos on YouTube. I like to watch a lot of videos about traffic stops and police chases. And occasionally, I've seen people ask the police officer, what is your reasonable suspicion? What is your reasonable suspicion? And a police officer will often say, I don't have to tell you. And the fact of the matter is they don't. Courts have said they must have it. And in court, they must explain it. But there's no law that says they have to explain to you at the side of the road. Likewise, they can arrest you without telling you why. Okay? So, finally, the court writes, Supreme Court cases require that a traffic stop may be extended to conduct an investigation into matters other than the original traffic violation only if the officers have reasonable suspicion of an independent offense. The government argues the officers had reasonable suspicion that this man may have possessed firearms or controlled substances. Specifically, the government cites the officers' past observations of this man loitering near the 200 block of Golden Gate Avenue, a high crime area, and associating with known criminals, coupled with the fact that he was stopped two to three blocks from a building on Golden Gate Avenue, driving in a trajectory consistent with having left that block. But the district court, having concluded that no prolongation occurred, did not reach whether the officers had reasonable suspicion to justify their prolonging of the stop. Therefore, we decline to consider such a fact-intensive issue and remand for the district court to determine whether the officer's prolonging of the stop was otherwise supported by independent reasonable suspicion. So I have to tell you there's something unusual about this case also, beyond what I just told you. It's buried in a footnote on the first page. And so I'm going to summarize, though, what we just got through. So this man's driving down the street. Police pull him over. They say, hey, one of your brake lights ain't working. Okay. While they've got him by the side of the road, they go, hey, can we search your vehicle? Apparently, he said no at first. Then they start quizzing him about whether he's got anything in his possession that might be illegal. They start quizzing him about that. Now, if they pull you over because your brake light ain't working, they can write you a ticket for that. And arguably, if the car is not drivable, they could impound the car. But here, instead, they chose to start quizzing him about whether he's got anything unlawful in the vehicle or on his person. And during that period of time, apparently, they either got him to say, yes, you can search the vehicle or something, and so they then did that and arrested him for that. And so we often refer to these stops as a pretext. It's a pretextual stop. 
They used the pretext of the bad brake light to pull him over, but they were actually more concerned about where he's coming from, where he's going. And they thought, well, a guy driving a Mercedes out here, probably a drug dealer. That was, that was I'm guessing, the basis of what they did here. And so they pulled him over for that, and he got arrested for that. So in court, he and his attorneys argued and said, you got to throw the entire stop out because it was based on a pretext, which clearly isn't right. And the district court judge said no after holding a hearing. And all this information got in. And so up on appeal, the Ninth Circuit says, no, this looks like a pretextual stop. We're going to send it back down. The reason they're sending it back down for further proceedings is there's a footnote on the first page that says, in its order denying the motion to suppress, the district court stated that it may provide a longer explanation of its ruling in the event of an appeal, but it did not do so. The district court summarily denied the defendant's motion for reconsideration of the denial of the suppression motion. Judges and courts can rule from the bench. And so occasionally a judge will hear an entire argument and say, up, denied, or whatever, and that's the ruling. And so quite often an attorney on the wrong side of that ruling will say, will you issue a written opinion? And everyone knows why you do that, because the written opinion is one of the things you take up on appeal to show the court is wrong in its reasoning. So what happened here was the court didn't issue a written opinion, but apparently stated on the record that if need be, I'll issue one if this goes up on appeal. Court of Appeals is now saying, dude, you better write that because we'd like to know what you're thinking. And so the court has, though, offered guidelines and said, here is what you need to know. And that is, if you're going to say that this traffic stop was about a broken taillight that got extended three minutes, the traffic stop did, so the police officers could start quizzing the driver about other things beyond the broken taillight, Unless there's a real good reason for it, other than their suspicion based on where he was driving and what he looks like, you better have a better reason than that, okay? So this could now go back to the court, and the court could say, okay, I'm going to issue an opinion based on direction from the Ninth Circuit. Or the court could say, oh, based on what they say, I'm just going to now reverse myself and enter a different order. Or the court could hold more hearings and say, okay, In light of this, we need to figure something out. So we don't know what's going to happen, but this is a great case because it actually explains very, very well what a police officer at the side of the road is allowed to do by way of investigation after pulling you over for a traffic violation. And the point is that if they pull you over for a broken taillight, then that pullover is about a broken taillight. And we've all been in the situation before, I would assume, or we've heard of a situation before where a police officer pulls you over for one thing and starts quizzing you about other things. And I remember being, uh, uh, I was going to say a little kid, but I was 16. I remember when I was 16 years old, one of the first times I got pulled over. Um, I hadn't done anything wrong, I thought, and I didn't get a ticket, but I was out on Woodward Avenue. People in southeastern Michigan know, know what that's all about. I was out on Woodward Avenue and driving around with my friends, and a police officer pulled me over. And he actually started to ask me questions. And at one point, I'm thinking to myself, why'd you pull me over? Like, why'd you pull me over? And then he claimed he saw me do something, but he's going to let me go. He's going to let me go. So when they pull you over for broken taillight, that's why they pulled you over. That's the reason for the stop. And if it's a pretext for something else, the Ninth Circuit says no. And they're following precedent from the U.S. Supreme Court. 
So this is a good case. Uh, it's listed as not for publication, and I am curious about that, but sometimes the courts do that because they think that the cases and the facts are so strange. Here, I think they're saying it's not for publication simply because the lower court didn't give them enough information for them to say definitively, here's what we think of this stop. And they're actually sending it back down and saying, do that now. So if that comes back up on appeal, maybe that would be available for publication. But as of right now, the case is called the United States of America versus Willie, W-I-L-L-I-E, Willie Williams. And uh, you can simply find this by Googling the phrase, um, pretext, traffic, stop, Ninth Circuit, and that case will pop up. John, thanks for sending it. Questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. It is a mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it.